0: You are listening to the Trinity Presbyterian Church Podcast from Petaluma, California. Here is this week's Adult Sunday School class. Let's open in prayer. Gracious God, we rejoice again in the new life that we have in Christ. We have passed from death to life. Uh, We are no longer under your condemnation. Uh, You have revealed yourself to us by your word and spirit and so, Father, we rejoice in the hope uh, that uh, is a sure hope, a biblical hope, and, and uh, even uh, while we look around in this world and see so much opposition to you, uh, we can take comfort and peace in knowing uh, that, that you, you uphold us. Father, we do pray uh, that we would be a people who share Christ to the world around us. As we look around and see so many lost souls, we pray uh, that we would speak of Christ And so, Father, we we ask your blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me turn uh, in our Bibles to Colossians 4. Colossians 4. Jeff, would you read Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6? Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know. How you ought to answer each person. Good. And um, we've been talking, you know, so far in our evangelism mini series about how to share the gospel. I said we're going to get into some apologetics. We're not really there yet. We're going to be. But remembering the distinction between evangelism and apologetics, evangelism, what does the word literally mean? Sharing the gospel. In Greek, the word uh, evangel is essentially the word for gospel. And so evangelism is sharing the gospel. Apologetics, what does apologetics mean? Defending, that's right, defending the faith. So before you can really get into defending, you have to first at least share it, right? And so, you know, remember we've gone through a few different ways in which we have. Uh, spoken the basic facts of the gospel. We've been practicing that. Uh, But last week we added an additional thing uh, that we worked on. What was last week's topic? you guys remember? No one wants to testify to last week's topic? That's right! That's right! We we talked about giving of testimony. And um, that's obviously not identical with evangelism, right? But you ideally bring evangelism into the context of sharing of your own how you've come to to know and confess the Lord, and we talked about that. There's various kinds of testimonies, and and you know some are I've I've never known a day in which I haven't known the Lord, and idea of growing up in the church and what all that looks like, and uh, others maybe have a more dramatic sort of turning point in their life where one moment they were living as a Heathen and God did some 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 work that really changed him. But but whatever it is, focusing more on connecting our own life with the objective truths of God's word and how those objective truths have uh, God as used by the Spirit uh, to to really work in your life and you know keep pointing away from yourself to, to Christ and the gospel and His Word. So, but evangelism and testimony are about you know sort of. All related to this idea of sharing our Christian hope uh, to the world around us. Well, today um, I, I've titled the the uh, lesson uh, "Speaking of Jesus," and I have to confess it's a bit of uh, of uh, stealing from a title of a book. Um, uh, the book is I'm not necessarily advocating go get the book, or not. It's a book I read in um, in college about evangelism, but. But I always like the topic or the title. Speaking of Jesus, the idea is uh, uh, you're in conversations, and by the grace of God, you look to turn that conversation into a conversation where you're talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel. And so, reading that that Colossians reference here, uh, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Um, NIV, I have appreciated the colorful way it it translates that same line. Uh, It says, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. That's this, as the ESV puts it. um, uh, Sorry, I lost my place. Uh, Making the best use of the time, but in the context of our wisdom and interacting with outsiders and the way we speak with outsiders. I think this Colossians reference is very much about what I'm wanting us to think a little bit about today is we are interacting in this world with people who don't know the Lord. These outsiders. And how can we be strategic in those conversations? How can we uh, find ways to use the opportunities God places in our life to uh, make the most of it? And uh, again... Uh, it uses the word wisdom here, walk in wisdom. Uh, today's topic really is is, is uh, application of wisdom because it's not like there is one little pitch that I tell you and I have you memorize this pitch, and this pitch is how you tell everybody about Jesus, right? I mean, the whole idea of doing that would simply uh, be the opposite of wisdom, right? Um, wisdom says there isn't a one-size-that-fits-all conversation. Uh, wisdom says uh, applies truth to particular circumstances. And so I want us to think, though, about uh, having conversations with people and how can we steer those conversations towards, towards Christ. Now, as I thought about this lesson, I thought, is this like an overly simplistic lesson that we're going to have today? Like in some sense, it might it might end up uh, seeming that way, maybe 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 that's what you'll walk away from. But I have also experienced that sometimes the lessons that I think are overly simplistic are the ones that people come back to me and say, "That was the best lesson ever, Pastor." So maybe this is uh, exactly uh, some very practical, helpful things to think about. So um, uh, one of the things uh, I'll start off is. Um, there's a little I, I, I took this first little part from a little evangelism handbook um, from uh, uh, called everyday evangelism it's by evangelism explosion they make those green tracks um, but they they sort of imagine uh, a little conversation sort of how you might start and um, it so again it's a little bit formulaic a little bit almost pitchy like so bear with as I sort of walk through it but but um, it's beginning to get us to think about how do we have conversations that we steer towards, towards Christ. So they, they, they say you know you start with some casual conversation with someone. Get to know them. right? Ask them some questions in general. Uh, tell me about your work. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your hobbies, your travels. You know, sort of start having conversation with them. Uh, but then that goes from casual conversation. Then it says, then then move into more engaging uh, conversation, stimulate uh, questions that stimulate thought and invite uh, discussion. And um, uh, sorry to pick on our uh, our, our younger people here. <laughs> we were just saying upstairs that uh, sometimes the younger people, you have to pry out conversation from them. You get a lot of one word answers right uh uh, we're trying to take the conversation and sort of engage them and sort of get them to open up um maybe you can practice with your high schoolers if you can get get a few words out of them then maybe you can uh do do okay with uh with the rest anyway so some of the engaging questions that it suggested is like um what do you like most about your job or hobby or place in other words, taking the initial conversation and get them to go a little bit uh, deeper, and then of course you can start to then steer it toward a spiritual conversation. Do you ever, do you ever think about spiritual things? You might ask them, or depending on the person, do you ever think about religious things? You know, that's even interesting. Some people, spiritual or religious, will will sort of gravitate toward one or sort of have have sort of roadblocks to one. So kind of getting a An idea of where people are at. Uh, Do you have a spiritual or or religious background? You know, sometimes you ask that question, and then they tell you about they grew up going to a Catholic, you know, church and fell away from that for whatever reason. And that can often be a good opportunity to keep going from there. Um, You could ask them, "Do you ever think or see evidence of God in your life, or have you ever seen God answer a prayer?" And so that goes from casual conversation to beginning to. Engage them on deeper uh, topics, and you know it. It then in this little booklet talks about you know starting to transition, starting to evaluate, sort of responding to some of the things they're saying. And it says you could say something like, "It sounds like your life is going pretty well," or "It sounds like your life is not going pretty well." See whether someone's life is going pretty well or not going well. Can you talk about the gospel? Yeah, absolutely. But you see, by saying something along those lines, hopefully, and this, again, this is very, you know, almost formulaic here, but are you actually listening to the person that you're asking these questions to? Right? I mean, if you just are just quick to get to a pitch, then you really ha- aren't having a conversation. And so actually taking time to engage, go a little deeper, begin to respond to what they're saying. And um, so then it. Its next little thing it tells you to try to get the conversation to is uh, something that'll be more more spiritual conversation starter. Uh, it gives again this is sort of a, a rather formulate kind of question, but but it says on a scale of one to ten, how fulfilling would you say your life is? Why? What might move it closer to a ten? If God were more a part of your life, would it move one way or the other? And um, and then it quotes John uh, ten ten. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And again, the, the questions sound a little bit formulaic, but I don't want you to take this and just have a formula. I want you to think about how are you steering conversations to get them to think about their own life and what they have or haven't thought about uh, Christianity. At this point, the little handbook suggests this could be an opportunity to start bringing in some of your testimony in relation to what they've been talking about. Right, so um, let's say they, uh, you know, these are super sort of uh, simplistic examples, but let's say they tell you how about an experience where they almost died, and it just shocked them, right? And if you had some experience like that that you could connect with, right? Uh, you could say, you know, I had something like that too, and this here's what it was, and and I'm thankful that I have a peace because I know where I would have gone if I had died. Right? Like, see, that's an example of how you could now take this, or let's say instead they tell you something about how they they got cheated uh from someone in their life. uh you could talk about how much um that bothers you when you hear things like that, people doing that kind of stuff um, and how you could even then sort of say, you know before you became a Christian, uh you would sit around stewing about that kind of thing. Uh, now you really have started to feel bad when you realize, when you see people do that kind of stuff. You know, used to used to just bother me when I saw evil people. Now I've started to feel bad for them, sad for them, because it shows they don't know Christ that they're living a life like that. And again, sort of you you, you transition the conversation. You know, ultimately you want to get to a point in this conversation that you can begin to have a gospel. Uh, conversations where you can go and say, "Let me tell you about not just that, that I'm a Christian, but what does it mean to be a Christian?" Sharing the gospel and explaining it how it relates to the conversation uh, that you're having, and and reminder we talked to, I think on the first week about some of those you know diagnostic questions, right? Like, do you know for certain if you were to die today that you would have eternal life? Right, that kind of question get them to think, um, and and you know when you ask someone like that kind of question, do you know what would happen if you were to die today? You know, then you could respond regardless of how they respond. May I share with you how I came to know that I have eternal life, that I that I've come to know how the answer in my own life, um, or that other diagnostic question we, we mentioned. If you stood before God and He were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? what would you say? And then they answer it, right? Then you could say, well, can I share with you how the Bible says we should answer that question? Right. And all of these give opportunities to share the Gospel. So, just some practical uh, you know, thoughts here. Here, um, asking questions is always a good way uh, if you're in a hurry with these kind of conversations, that's probably not going to work out super great. Sometimes you have only limited time and you just have to spit the gospel out. but but building relationships, um, you know it can also be helpful when you're having these conversations is to sort of put things in as you're sort of steering it more towards you sharing Christianity. Put it in the form of a question, sort of ask their permission. you know, um, can I tell you a story about my faith or? Can can I tell you about what I think uh, by the Bible? You know, you know. By asking them, it's sort of it's hard for them to accuse you of being pushy afterward when they said yes to you. Uh, you, you you sharing right. Um, another thing that can be helpful is to repeat back things to people, um, what they have said that you've understood. Uh, so you don't have a hope that you'll go to heaven when you die. So, you don't think that you really know much about Jesus' teaching. Is that what you're saying? Uh, so, you you, you you haven't read the Bible yourself. Is that what you're saying? And then having an opportunity sort of make sure you understand what they're saying and uh, uh, keep going. So, uh, basically what this sort of little lesson that I've sort of been rambling along here today is just to begin to get us to thinking about How do we steer conversations into a spiritual conversation? And so I wanted to get a little bit of discussion here going. Um, First question I have for you guys is just a little brainstorm, and hopefully we can glean from people's experiences here. What are some questions that you have used to turn a conversation spiritual? And so... Uh, I'll give a chance for people to say, and maybe start with one, and then I'll go to others and start with another, and we'll, we'll double, double back. I already saw a hand. So, uh, what's a conversation? What's a question you've used to steer a conversation, spiritual Jim? I've been encouraged to repeat things back because uh, online they don't hear it. Jim's answer was, in some, was responding to their praises in their life, the good things that are going on in their life, with a with a praise God. And uh, I have to little, you know, personal confession um, is that uh, you probably have had conversations with me where I say that when you're talking to me. And I think at some point I started um, uh, not doing that much with outsiders, meaning I kind of felt like, oh, you know, I'm going to offend them if uh, I say praise God. And it hit me, and I said, that's stupid, Reed, right? This is an opportunity. To steer a conversation spiritually. And I think it does. I think it 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 really um, for a lot of people it just sort of like makes them pause. Well, he just said, Praise God. We're not allowed to say that is what probably people think, you know, cultural, you know, politically correct language I think is, is, is what I'm sort of hitting on here is that politically correct language says you're not supposed to say those things. And then when someone says it, it's like, oh actually it's okay to say those things. It's okay to have a conversation about these things, and suddenly now, you know, I think of Romans one. One of the world's problems is that they're not thankful. To say praise God is to say be thankful. So, all right, good. What are what are some other uh, other conversation, uh, uh, question or, or statement you've used to turn a conversation spiritual? Sarah. I, I love that. Yeah. And I love that you also pointed... So she, the answer was... Uh, again, there's not one, one right the answer. Uh, uh, the, the Sarah's statement was, if someone's sharing about how things aren't going well, say, can I pray for you? And she then uh, gave a little nuance. Depending on the person and the relationship and, the, and whatnot, her offer may be to pray right then and there, or it might just be, can I be praying for you? And that's going to lead the conversation either way, whether you do it actually there or not. And you can imagine uh, if you are able to do it right then and there, um, the benefits that come with that. Um, and and they even hear how you're thinking when you're praying uh, for them. So that's a very good one. Good. What other ones? Ways that we can uh, questions or statements we can use to turn a conversation spiritual. Tyler. So again, Tyler's response was finding a way to ask them an engagement if they've read the Bible and even we then talked about you know maybe even that's an opportunity to, to get them a Bible by the way we have gift Bibles upstairs they're nice little blue uh, sort of pew style type of Bibles the page numbers even match up with what we do in service so if you give someone they can follow along with the, the page number references even uh, so if you guys need uh, Bibles for someone that you're interacting with just come talk to me and we'll we'll get you get you a Bible to to, to give to someone right uh, the more Bibles we can give out, I think uh, that's a good thing right especially if they'll read them so uh, that's a very good way and you know what I like about that uh, idea too is a lot of times I've had people talk about um, the Bible and then you find out that they haven't actually read the Bible <laughs> meaning they talk about it as if, as you know to be critical about the Bible. Uh it's got a lot of errors in it or it's not been translated well or whatever, and then you find out that they actually have no idea what they're talking about. That gets us into apologetics, which we'll get into like I said at a later time, but uh uh it is very uh true uh, to get them get them in, in the Bible. What other uh ways we can uh turn a conversation spiritual? Uh, Tong Good. So you know Tong said uh Trying to find a way to ask them what they believe happens after you die, and um, from there, uh, following some of the way of the master course, uh, ultimately uh, getting them to think about you know uh, eternal life and how someone is is able to enter into eternal life, and so ha- having conversations on there. And those are kind of some of the topics we will be addressing when I get, when we get into apologetics, because um, you know if someone says, "Well, I believe in reincarnation," what what are you going to say, right? Uh, if someone says, uh, "I believe that," you know, it's just that's just it, right? What are you going to say? So, being able to to speak to those things is part of, of. There's some evangelism aspect and there's some apologetics aspect. I think the the uh, yeah. So good, good. What other ones? What other ways that people turn conversations uh, spiritual? So uh, Sarah was saying that uh, when. For example, in co-worker situations when something's going well and people ask, why are you so happy being able to give credit and glory to God that the Lord has given her joy? But even on the flip side, when hard times come, being able to as well point to the hope that she has. And uh, uh, I can can, uh, imagine a Romans 8.28 quote probably from her occasionally. Uh, uh, Yes, amen. Amen. You know, um, dovetailing on that, like, um, it kind of dovetailed into that and going back to the praise the Lord idea one thing I've been trying to do a little bit better on is is incorporating Christian language more again for a while we're told by the world you can't use Christian language around us you know um, but like you know I might say amen you know to a conversation and then suddenly they're like amen that's a religious word right you know <laughs> and and but but like you know, It's this temptation, I think, to want to have like a different way you talk around an outsider that somehow hides what you hold, and so being able to be more, you know, because if you were to be asked at a church member, why are you so happy, you would tell them because of Christ, right? So would you not tell the outsider? So thank you for telling your coworkers why you're so happy. (laughs) Other ones, uh, ways to steer conversations spiritual. I think some of this is reminding us of these very obvious—I think they're somewhat obvious—things that we need to be reminded of, so that we're really encouraged and spurred on to remember to go do these things. Because it's easy to, to fall into being quiet about our faith. Any other ones uh, that uh, you have found helpful? That's a definitely a big encouragement. That at the end of the day, we just look to be faithful and. Don't judge our success, so to speak, on whether or not they fell on their knees and gave their life to Christ. Um, but we just need to be faithful. Um, I was looking at some of my answers that I threw on as possible ones as well. And I think we've we've caught a number of them. Um, I, I, I had the one about what do you think happens when you die? Um, you, you mentioned praying for them. Uh, I One I put down is, have you ever prayed, asking them if they've ever prayed? That could be an interesting hear what they have to say about that. Um, you know, you could imagine them talking about some trouble. You ever prayed about those things? Yeah um, Do you consider yourself either religious or spiritual? It be interesting to hear what they think? I did have the one about the Bible, too. Have you ever read any of the Bible? Here's one. Have you ever gone to a church? Interesting conversation that comes out of that. Are you satisfied with your life right now? Interesting what they say on that one. And maybe for any of these kinds of questions that we're asking, like like a question afterward is why? Why did you go to church? Why did you pray? Why did you read your Bible or didn't or didn't read your Bible, you know? <laughs> Jim I put religious or spiritual here because depending on the person, you might ask both or you might ask one or the other. Like I think in our area, there's a lot more people who think themselves spiritual but not religious, as Jim's pointing out. I do think there's other parts of the world, other parts of the country, where people really are more religious than they are spiritual. What do I mean? Like, they go to church every week, they give every week, They go to all the church potlucks and events. But they really don't know the Lord. And it's just a thing they do. And I think Roman Catholicism falls into this particularly where they have a lot of adherents that go and do all the religious things and think they're right with the Lord for doing those religious things. uh, But their hearts are far from the Lord. And so that's my way of saying is while we might in our area have... Predominance of one over the other, there are both of those in our area, right? And so trying to figure out where people are at and then tailoring your conversation uh, toward them. Well, on our last little bit here, I wanted to give some scenarios where they say this. How do you turn it toward the Lord? Okay? There's not one right answer here. Okay? First one. So raise your hand and give us a, you know, give an answer. How, how, give a suggested response, okay? And we'll just think about think about that. Sometimes I get really scared thinking about death. Certainly a, uh, you could imagine people having this conversation. And Jim, were you going to add a suggestion? Uh, or, or you gave your answer there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you notice both of those responses really work really well together, right? Like acknowledging that death really is a scary thing, but there are answers. And Tyler, I think you were going to add as well here. I'm sorry, you saw your hand. Hmm. Yeah, there you go, right? That's an interesting... You could imagine if you're the other person, that might be like... You mean some people wouldn't be scared about death, Right? And, and that gets a Christian bill to talk about the Christian hope, right? And uh, so, yeah, there's not necessarily one right answer here, but beginning any of these are avenues that we're just mentioning. this are avenues that you could steer this towards towards a, a talk about Christ. I, I think uh, several things that just came out in the conversations. I think it is very helpful to sort of um, um, acknowledge what they're thinking or feeling, right? not just being, you know, uh, dismissive but then pointing them to the alternative solution, right? Why is it that you don't need to fear death, even though I understand that you do. So I think that's good, Tyler. In light of what you just said as well as the other comments here, I'm going to give you the next one. Here's the next what someone tells you steer it toward Christ. I don't know why people are so concerned about dying. It will just be like going to sleep, except you don't wake up. Yeah, so that is a get them to to ask what's the foundation for their belief? Appealing to the justice component, and, and is there a sense of a greater sense of justice in the conversation that that walks itself out in? We're running a little low on time here, so I'll give you a few more here. Uh, I just got this great new job. My career plans are really coming together. How could you steer that conversation? I just got this great new job. My career plans are really coming together. One extra thought on that one is I think you could take the praise God. and Think about a career plans. They're planning ahead. They're trying to organize their future. Getting them to think about planning beyond this life, you know. And have you, you know, you're you're clearly someone who's got a vision and a plan. Have you thought about what's the plan for beyond this life? So some, something along those lines, getting them to think about uh, eternity uh, matters. Uh, okay, here's another one though. You can see where I go with these. I just got fired. My career is falling apart. <laughs> you didn't say praise God. <laughs> That we could praise God, but that may not be the wisest way to respond to someone who doesn't know the Lord. Um, God's got a plan for life. Okay. What else can we do? Where else can we go with that? Yeah. So, using this as an opportunity to point them to God's sovereignty, which is very much uh, uh, dovetails with Renee's comment as well. So, that's a good line of thinking, Tyler. I was thinking the same thing. Sarah's comment, I think, is a. You know, I'm so sorry to hear that. Please let me know if I can be of any help. I'll be praying for you. Do you ever pray? Asking them, you know, opportunity to sort of get them to think about it, right? Uh Julie? Yeah, this is a really good uh point to make here is that taking these and you know, sometimes you could imagine we take this and we sort of end back on the Romans road all the time, right? But you could also take these specific situations like you know, I'm running with Julie's example here, is like the Bible is full of these kinds of things. Hey, why don't we look at the life of Jacob? Because he thought he had it his way, but God had a different plan. Let's look at the life of Jonah and how he thought he'd go one way and God said, Actually, you're gonna come here, and it wasn't until he hit rock bottom and realized it, right? So using these as opportunities to bring them back to truths in the Bible that relate very much to their life. Um Yeah. Diego. And then you could dovetail because there is something that is forever, eternity, and so you know you go from the temporal to the eternal. Um, we got one more minute, so I'm just going to give you uh, one more set of contrasting questions and throw out some thoughts, and then we got to we got to we got to run here. I'm worried I can stay in my home with all this inflation. Uh, you know, you might you know, acknowledge the scariness of inflation. Ask if you could be any help. Again, you could offer to pray. Uh, I feel that's a repeat of what, I, what we just said a moment ago. Uh, the other way, everyone is so worried about inflation, they just need to learn to live within their means like I do. So sort of, uh, good job at managing your affairs so well and hope they continue to go well with you. You sound like you have a lot of confidence in your circumstances. Kind of dealing with some of their confidence. Do you ever find yourself in situations where you don't feel in control? What do you do then? You know, and So again, sort of thinking of How you steer it, you know, depending on where they're at. So you can see how these are conversations where they could be two completely different opposite ends of the same topic. And both of them become opportunities uh, to speak about Jesus. So hopefully you found this practical. Um, Think, you know, again, there's not one right answer to all of these, wisdom will help you. uh in in each of these kind of circumstances and of course I say wisdom we're talking about wisdom from above that's a prayer request James says we pray for let's close in prayer asking for that right now dear Lord we do come before you and we want to honor you in these conversations and make the most of every opportunity Uh, we do pray that our conversations would be seasoned with salt and we do pray as you tell us in James to ask for wisdom we pray for wisdom in these conversations we also pray Lord. Uh, For the confidence and the boldness and the intentionality, Lord, to actually have these conversations with people. That we wouldn't just let them uh, go past us. Uh, May we speak of Christ more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.